It says, when evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. The Lord's saying this morning through this scripture that he, when you're sensitive of who he is towards you, it makes you confident. When you become more sensitive to God moving around you, He's able to heal you. He's able to minister to you. He's able to reach on the inside of you and deposit what's required to build you strong, to establish you, to position you. But I'm hearing the Spirit of the Lord say, in a season and a world where different things, technology, can cause us to become more desensitive, to what's going around us, whether it be people, difficulty in staying in the moment. The Lord's saying, I'm counteracting that by teaching you to be more sensitive to my spirit. Amen. I'm hearing the Lord encouraging us this morning to say, come, come to your father's house and expect to meet your father. Yes. When you come to the house of the Lord, expect to be able to experience the presence of the Lord to experience the tangible movement of the Spirit of God amongst the congregation. Holy Spirit, you're here in this place. I want to encourage everyone just to close your eyes. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the Spirit of God wants to continue to move here this morning, even before we take our seats. I'm here to say this. I want to reveal my heart to people today. Yes, Lord. 
Like when you make an appointment with someone, you expect to be able to sit down, have a coffee, and look into their eyes, and for them to converse with you, to open up, for them to share their heart with you so you can share their heart, your heart with them. I'm hearing the Lord say today, I want to move among my people and share my heart. Help us, God, to be sensitive to your spirit, to acknowledge your moving among us, to acknowledge that your motive is for us, not against us. That you have put a hand not of harm, but hand of healing. Lord, I thank you that when we linger in your presence, the lingering enables us to drink of your love, to take in your goodness. So Lord, we're going to linger in your presence this morning so that we can partake of the love that you have for us. Beautiful God. Beautiful God. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew Allen, I see for you, just feel the Lord wants prophetically minister, so I'm going to encourage everyone to stay standing, or if you need to take a seat, that's okay, the music team is going to stay with me. But I encourage everyone to be sensitive to the Spirit, because even if you don't receive a prophetic word, you can pick up things for you, through as God's mission. But Matthew, I'm hearing the Lord say, Son, I'm sharpening you like an arrow. I'm sharpening you like an arrow in this season. I'm hearing the Father's heart say, even though it won't be 100% easy, so does it mean sometimes God's going to come in and help to sharpen things, pull things out? But I'm hearing God say that what will be fun is the reward that will come from it. And like an arrow, God said, I'm building you in this season to be even more effective than previous seasons. And I'm hearing the Lord say, the arrow that I'm forming you into is to become a more effective ambassador for me. And I'm here in the workplace. There's favor all around you, says the Lord, and he's going to position you. I even hear the Lord saying that he's going to give you more confidence around your personality. Hearing the Lord say, sometimes you feel misunderstood. Sometimes you feel like people put you in a box. They kind of put you in a circle, circle box. The Lord says there's a lot of depth to you. But as he sharpens you, he's going to teach you and show you the different angles of who he's made you to be. Of, of when to say this and when to say that, when to bring the same out. And I just see your effectiveness in the marketplace. Hear the Lord saying, I'm engineering a ladder of promotion for you. And it's a ladder that's steep, so there's going to be quick acceleration in the promotion. Father, activate that word in this heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeff and Laurel, I'm hearing the Lord say for you, this is a season of great planning, detailed planning, intricate 
planning, I see even the picture like of a quilt with a needle and thread. And the needle and thread represents the pinpoint detail. And the woving is going to create a, a master plan. I'm hearing the Lord say that one of the keys for you in this season is to be hungry like never before to plan the season ahead. Even hearing the Lord say this, son, daughter, be encouraged rather than thinking from week to week or month to month, even from year to year, think decade. Think in the category of a decade. Think what do I want for this year, but how will that impact my decade? Father, I thank you Lord, that you're activating Lord, a new level of strategy in this couple. Thank you, Lord. Father, where there's been past hurt, heartbreak, the Lord has also been past joys. Father, I thank you, Lord that you give them a new sense of confidence. Lord, as they partner with you, Father, you're going to give them a strategy that's a lot more detailed than ever before. And I hear the Lord say, it's going to help you to just feel more relaxed. <laughs> more relaxed. That mantra that you believe in, oh, God's got it. It's like you're going to live that more and more. Father, anchor this word into their heart in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> Adam and Sarah, I'm hearing. I'm hearing the Lord say, "Business buffet." I'm actually asking him, "What does he mean by that?" Because you know the Bible teaches us that prophecy comes in part. When the prophetic anointing moves, uh, we can't see the whole thing because God understands. And that's why we need to go back to the Word and put the Scripture in our mind. That's what I'm hearing him say, business buffet. I'm hearing him say this, there are so many options and choices before you because I've given you a plate of anointing in business. And I've given you a take the territory anointing for business. But like a buffet, it's important and wise to take your plate and choose which of these options do I want to put on my plate? So I can properly sit down and I can focus on devouring it to be able to own it. And for it to be palatable and for it to be able to be properly digested. I'm hearing the Lord say, because you're so gifted, because you're so anointed, sometimes there's a temptation to gorge on business ideas. <laughs> to overeat or overfeast on business ideas. I'm hearing the Lord say that I'm going to show you as a couple how you'll refine your approach. I'm hearing the Lord say, I'm intentionally going to strengthen your ability to hear my voice. To know what is me as a God idea versus a good idea. And I see you before all these ideas as a couple. And the Lord's going to show you which ones to pick up and which ones to put on your plate. And the plate represents implementation. The plate represents, this is what I'm going to choose to invest my time devouring and getting a hold of. I hear the Lord say, as you glean to Him, as you stay patient and make sure you put Him as a priority in making those choices, God says, what you put on your plate through my guidance is going to be incredibly fruitful. Lord, activate that word in the hearts today in Jesus' name. I'm hearing just corporately here. This is just a general word for, by faith, whoever wants to reach out and take it. I'm hearing the Lord encouraging people today. Again, I don't know who this is for. I'm just, it's just a general 
devoid of knowledge, but I'm, I'm hearing the Lord say this. Those who are hungry for your faith and your measure of faith to go to a new place. Because we know that faith pleases God, that putting that trust in the Lord, in His process, in His ways, in His principles, in His work, in His plan, in His purpose. I'm hearing the Lord say this. Sometimes it's important to acknowledge and to recognize if there's a level of fickleness in your world that's becoming a blockage to your ability to really be a person who steps into consistent, powerful faith. I'm hearing the Lord say that his heart is breaking for those ones who are stuck in a place of ferocious fickleness. I hear the word ferocious because I'm hearing the Lord say it's like a storm that batters people's hearts. For those of you who don't know what the word fickle means, it means too easily swayed from one opinion to one thought. You struggle to stick to a place. You struggle to build loyalty and relationship. You struggle to build covenant. I'm hearing the Lord say, I am a covenant God. Amen. For some here today, his heart is breaking. Because he can see a thorn in people's hearts that's preventing them from really having a full, robust, strong, healthy, faithful heart. I hear the Lord say, that thorn is different. But I'm hearing the Lord say, no longer be blind to it, sons and daughters. But let my spirit reveal the truth to you. Because you need to acknowledge and deal with that thorn of fickleness. Because I hear that the Lord said, there's anointing here to remove that fickleness from your heart. Hearing the Lord say, my word is clear, get planted in the house. Commit. Build relationship long-term, not just for short-term gain. And if someone says something that annoys you or does something that annoys you, don't let that uproot yourself. Don't let fickleness rule you. Let faith rule your journey. Amen. Because the fruitfulness will come. Father, whoever that's for, Lord, we pray that you administer an anointing that would extract that root of fickleness. Lord, bring deliverance to their life right now. Help people here today, God, that they'd be different when they leave this place. Yes, Lord. As you move in today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Pam, I just see for you, this, this is for this year. I see you laying your hands on children, kids ministry, but also the leaders. I just see the supernatural anointing of God. I'm hearing God say it's in your veins. It's a part of your blood flow. It's spiritually, it's a part of your identity, that you are a woman of the supernatural. And I'm hearing God say that sometimes, again, I feel like God's saying you've felt misunderstood. And God says, I know your heart and I know your passion to see the supernatural activated in children. And I hear God say, in this season, you're going to have more opportunity than you've had in the last five years to actually see that realistically activated. Let's put our hands towards Pam. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the anointing upon her life as a kids' church leader of this house, but also the influence of the kingdom of the kids' ministry. Lord, release fresh 
your fresh heartbeat for children. Lord, release the anointing to right, right, raise up the next generation. Father, for the supernatural giftings and anointings and callings. Lord, let Pam and her team be a vessel to activate our children in this place. Lord, we're going to see children prophesy. We're going to see children pray for healing. We're going to see children quoting scripture. We're going to see children speak confidently of who their God is and who they are in Christ. Father, we pray, Lord, for Lord, a balance in the children. Father, Lord, that you're bringing even impact to home, households, and families through the children of this house. Thank you, Jesus. I even hear the Lord say, in all the training you've received, there is going to be an opportunity for you to glean on everything that I've positioned you around, but you're going to create even your own angle, your own portion. I hear the Lord say, that will come through curriculum, that will come through teaching. So it's not like you're going to park everything that's been deposited into you, but I see that the Lord's going to give you something cutting edge for this new decade. So Father, we declare upon her, Father, Lord, let the anointing take her that place in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's just stay sensitive to the Spirit. I just want to confirm that as well, Pam. I hear the Lord say that you're going to write your own curriculum. And I know that you love the curriculum that you've studied and that you've kind of drawn from, but I feel God saying in this season that He's um, even bringing you into your own understanding and revelation. And I see curriculum coming out of you that's going to raise up the next generation. Thank you, Jesus. Say that you come through the season of stretching and growing, and He's increased your capacity. He's even caused you to come into a, um, a greater level of, of ownership. And even in Korea, He's brought you to a new place. But I feel the Spirit of the Lord saying there's an opportunity to kind of stay in a comfort zone. And I feel the Spirit of the Lord urging you not to stay in the comfort zone, that God's continuing to call you higher, to call you further. And what is placed within you, there are many that are going to be impacted, but there has to be uh, a sense of reaching and growing in Him and continual kind of saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, even when you don't feel it, even when maybe you don't yourselves feel like you are capable, if you just say, yes, Lord, in you I can do all things. My own strength is limited, but in you I can do all things. And I see the Lord giving you a strength that you will be able to run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. I see a lot of young people in your home. I see you bringing young people into your home, those who are um, motherless or fatherless. And I see them coming and being restored in your home. That you're going to not just show them your own, because you both have a mothering and a fathering heart, but you're also going to show them the heart of God, Father God. And they're going to be restored. And I even see those who um, are coming in quite troubled. And then as soon as they come into your home, just the peace that's within your home and the love that's within your hearts, I see them totally turning around. And, and they're going to be uh, um, such a testimony to not only God's love, but also to, to the two of you, to the mother's heart within you, the father's heart within you. 
and to the peace and the presence of God that you've cultivated within your home. And so I see many coming in, and you're even going to raise up those who are going to be, um, that are going to be generational changes. I see those coming from your home that are able to use their testimony, and I see evangelists, and I see world shakers, and those that are going to come in totally broken, but you're going to be up to, um, with, the, with the love of, of God and with the fathers and the mothers that you have, bring them into a place of wholeness. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just pray for an open door, Lord. Father, for the opportunity, God, to bring those in, Father. Lord, that need your love, that need a mother and a father. Lord, into this, into this beautiful home, Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for you have called Tina and Walter to be Father. Lord, that they are dependable, Lord, that they are so loyal and committed to you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, for everything you've deposited within them, God. Lord, there's so much wisdom. There's so much strength. There's so much faith. When the two of you come together, you are an unstoppable force. When you guys are on the same page and when you are decreeing and when you're declaring, you guys are an unstoppable force. So, Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that you strengthen this union in the name of Jesus. Lord, that when you are in the midst, Father, no matter what storm may come, Father, no matter what battle they may face, Lord, that when you're with them, that they can overcome anything. Lord, they can slay any giant. And, Father, they can weather any storm. Father, when you're in the center. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, fill them with your love. Lord, this As we were praying just then at the end, I've got a very sh- sh- sore shoulder right now. The Lord was kind of kind of bringing my attention to it, saying that people here have got some ailments. If you've got something physically that needs to shift in your body, I want you to stand by faith, just in the place. Anyone here has anything at all, cold, flu, could be sore back, broken toe, could be anything at all, something with your stomach, could be anything at all physically, and you need um, a breakthrough or a shift. Father, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All that. Put our, our hands towards these people who are standing here this morning. If you want to stand and surround them and lay hands on them, let's do that. Let's activate our faith this morning as the Holy Spirit is moving in this place. Father, we thank you, Lord, for every single person standing. Lord, whatever that physical need is, Lord, we stand on your word. We thank you, Lord, by your stripes. Lord, by the work of the cross, Lord, they are healed in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, we decree and we declare, activate your healing anointing in Jesus' name in those areas of their body, Father. Lord, we thank you, God. You're even practically helping their immune system. You're practically helping their bodily design, Lord, to align. Lord, you're practically helping those things, Lord, that are built within their design to fight against that ailment to rise up right now. But also, Lord, that your supernatural anointing, Lord, will do a work in this place right now, Father, that it will specifically target those areas, Lord, that need to have breakthrough, that need to align. Jesus, we believe your word. We believe in your name. We believe that the work of the cross is a supernatural work. And we thank you, Lord, by your stripes. They are healed in Jesus' my name. And God, we thank you in advance for the testimonies standing here. We give you all the praise and glory. Amen. 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 All right. We'll be seated. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Who loves God? Let's give him some praise. Let's give some of the team to bring up the pulpit for me and that's our appreciation to our amazing music team as well. 
Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Excellent. <laughs> I just want to hone in on one word there, take. Uh, the word take there means to, uh, you know, when you, when you think about delight, you know, when you take something, you've got to grab a hold of it. Amen. You really have to be own it. So really what it's saying is when you give, grab a hold of what your motivation is. Grab a hold of that. It's actually the love for God. It's an expression of your faith in God. Grab a hold of that when you give. Uh, it makes your giving, obviously, uh, powerful upon it. So let's pray over the giving today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for every single person here. Lord, as they give, as part of their love for you, Lord, you would anoint them and appoint them and continue to pour out your blessing in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So thank you, our team, for collecting that. While we're doing that, we would like to again update you on some announcements. So again, we have the Australian Day event uh, today, the Sausages also. Before we uh, close the service, we'll let you know exactly where that's happening today. Uh, at the moment, it's planned to be at Beryl Roberts Park, which is just the, down the road here, still in Cooper's Plains. 
um, from 12 to 2 o'clock today, but we'll update you before the close of the service. Also, this coming Saturday, we have a working bee, and we're going to get in there, use some elbow grease, and uh, just you know fix up some things, tidy some things up, clean some things up when it comes to the house of God here. So we're going to start that at 10 o'clock this Saturday, so we'll encourage as many people as possible um, to be here and come along. Okay, Pastor Sarah was just saying, if you have a ute or a trailer, um, if you can see her after the service, because there will be some use of that for the working bee. Okay? Everyone say yee-haw. Yee-haw. Cool, so that's this Saturday, the 1st of February. Uh, we also want to let you know that um, on Saturday, the 22nd of February, coming up, we're running a one-day course called the Marketplace Initiative Training Course. And this is happening from 9.30 to 3 o'clock right here at Forever House. It's not just for Forever House. We're also inviting other men and women of God from other churches around the place to come. And uh, Greg and Julie Bailey will be running this. So it's really about acting, activating people on how do you practice it. There's a lot of uh, reference topics in Scripture training on biblical principles. But it's very much how do you practically position yourself to influence the marketplace uh, for God. So uh, if you're interested in that program, you can see Pastor Barb down the front here and she can give you some more information, but we want to remind you that that's coming up um, on Saturday 22nd of Feb. And then the very next day, the last Sunday of Feb, we have Vision Sunday for 2020. And so it's going to be really, really exciting. Hey, just to give you a snapshot, obviously today, this is last Sunday of January, next Sunday. Uh, Greg and Julie are currently missing in New Zealand today, so Julie Bailey is going to be speaking next Sunday. The following Sunday after that, I think it's the 9th of Feb, we have Pastor Paul Glass from Hillsong Church. Oh, wow. Uh, Hillsong Gold Coast. Uh, He is here about, I think it was 2017. And we will plan to get him back uh, often and establish him as a friend of the house. Uh, But he went into a season where he had to really focus in on his local church and um, helping with the team there. But now he's able to do more itinerant ministry, which is cool. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen Paul speak, he is um, he's a machine, he loves, he's very gospel-minded, he's a natural evangelist, and uh, he's passionate for God, and so uh, he has a beautiful family, he's doing great things for God, he has particularly an anointing to impact youth, and to see youth's lives being transformed to Jesus, and so he's going to be ministering here on Sunday, February 9th, awesome. and uh, then the following uh, Sunday, we're going to have Pastor Sarah. Ministering yeah. on the sixth day. Let's go. The next Sunday is going to be Vision Sunday. Okay. Now, also next Sunday, I can't tell you exactly what it is, but I just get a light to work your appetite. Next Sunday, did you know that uh, this place we've been doing this place by? We planted Forever House with about four or five people in our living room. It was kind of how we started Forever House, but we officially started services um, on the first Sunday of March, twenty ten. Okay. So when we go into, uh, obviously, the Sunday after Vision Sunday will be the first Sunday of March um, 2020. And so that will be, you know, we've actually been doing for our house for 10 years. And so next Sunday, I'm not saying next Sunday. Next Sunday. We've got a huge announcement for the year ahead. We're going to whet your appetite with that announcement. Um, and then we'll talk to you more about what that's going to look like on Vision Sunday, a couple of Sundays after that. It's going to be one of the biggest announcements we've ever made in the history of our church. So the person next to say, oh, okay, I think I might come along. Okay. I think I might come along. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's what's happening ahead. Okay, cool with that? Yeah. 
still alive? Yeah. Yeah. Still sensitive to the spirit? Okay, good. All right, so they're the announcements for this week. Come on. All right. So I suppose we're going to get into the Word, right? You think the Word of God is important? Absolutely. All right. So uh, before we do that, we just want to, again, housekeeping-wise, we've started to invite kids to come in and partake with their families during worship. So for the the families in our church, um, (laughs) over the next couple of weeks, we'll make this more and more clear as we transition out of our summer program for kids. Uh, But we're going to incorporate uh, worship here, experience for the children come in, sit with their families and experience worship, and then we'll make a very clear transition to a kids' church program. So if any of the kids are still in, uh, it's a great opportunity for you to now transition to the kids' church program, but some of them have been in since the beginning. That's cool. Excellent. All right. Okay. Also, another thing, too, before I get into the word, just pop up your hand if you have had or you were about to have a birthday in January. Okay? Just kind of wave at me so I can really see you. Okay, cool. All right. We've got a little treat for you straight up to the service as well. Put up your hand if you celebrated or are about to celebrate your wedding anniversary in January. Anyone celebrating their wedding anniversary? Have a look around. No? Okay, just birthdays. So we've got a little bit of a treat for you uh, after the service, okay? All right, who's ready for the word? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to jump into this and see how quickly I can preach this message. Did we get the slides? Yes. Excellent. All right, well, we can pop those up. I want to bring a message today. It's Australia Day, and, you know, when I think about Australia, I know we've got lots of Kiwis in our church, but when I think about Australia, um, I think about this is a country that's free, it's a country that's flourishing, and it's a country where we can win. It's a land of opportunity. Yeah, we believe that. Right? And particularly for me personally, I noticed there was a shift in the identity of our nation after the Sydney Olympics or even approaching it. Um, if you look at a lot of the research, you can see that a lot of times Australians in general leading up to in, in the 80s and the 90s, obviously in the 70s as well, there was a little bit of a, oh, well, we're just Australian, right? We're just kind of like the little <laughs> tiny brother or cousin of the United States of America. Um, and the United Kingdom, right, where the king and queen are. And there was a little bit of a, a sense of our identity was, yeah, well, we're just, we're just the Australians, right? You know, we started as convicts, and now we're just, you know, battlers along. We're just the Aussie battlers, right? But what I noticed was that uh, leading up to the 2000 Olympics, which was such a huge success, it's classified as one of the best world events ever that was staged, um, there was a real shift in the identity of Australians around, you know, we can and we will, and we're, we're great, and we can achieve. And, um, and I've noticed, even since 2000, even if you looked at the economy and uh, what's happened in the country, not the economy is crash out at the moment, but there was a real identity shift. I won't say identity shift. Identity shift. For our nation. And I want to encourage you that as we start a new decade, it's still the first month of a brand new decade, and we're talking about this is a decade to declare um, Jane Hammond from Christian International recently released a word for 2020, and when she, you know, there's, it's like how many pages? 22 pages is this insight into prophetically um, and biblically uh, what to expect. But one of the key things is looking at the actual numbers of 2020 in the Hebrew biblically, and a lot of times you can get great revelation for what numbers represent. To cut a long story short, the numbers represent the power of speaking and the power of the mouth. And so that, that's where we're getting this insight into not only this year, but this decade is a decade of declaration. Uh, that it's important for you to position your mouth to look at what you're really declaring over your life more than ever before. 
And so we are designed to win. And I want to look at some revelation today around this. And um, if we go to the next slide, uh, I want to start with the three ingredients. We've got that there. Uh, I want you to think about this concept. You know, there, are, there are more ingredients to winning than this, okay? You could probably preach 10 different messages on how to win in the things of God, how to be fruitful in the things of God. But I want to focus in on these three things today, three ingredients around winning. Um, number one is purpose. Everyone say purpose. Purpose. Number two is process. Everyone say process. Process. And number three is promise. And so it's important here that we understand that God... Uh, has uh, certain things that he wants us to grab a hold of when it comes to really being clear around our purpose, but also understanding that for the promises to manifest that are aligned to our purpose, we have to be willing. Everyone say willing. Willing. Now, what does willing mean, right? Willing means kind of being okay to consistently do something, right? The word willing uh, means that to be okay to consistently do something, but we have to be willing to go through or to follow and be a part of God's process in how the purpose manifests into the promises. Okay, so when we look at these ingredients, one of the key things that we uh, really have to grab a hold of in partnership with God is that it's particularly number two, God's process. Rather than trying to do it in our own process, trying to make it happen our own way, we have to be willing to understand and recognize uh, the process of God. And so what I wanted to do, just to warm us up as we hang in on that slide, I just want to share a couple of scriptures. We're not going to have them up for you to visualize. I just want to read them over you today around purpose, process, and promise. And so we know that when it comes to purpose, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, because the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 1, 5, so the same book in the Bible, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Psalm 139.16, your eyes saw my substance, but being yet unformed, and in your book they are all they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So some scriptures there around, we have a purpose, right? We know that, but again, we're going to look at how this is important when we want to be someone who's positioned to win. When we talk about process, process, Proverbs 3, 5, 6, let me read this out to you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Again, I want to say God's process. God's process. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power and work within us. So there's a purpose of God. God has a plan for us. He has a purpose for us. He has designed us to win. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm created to win. I'm created to win. Turn to the other person and say, you better believe it. And you better believe it. So we've got a purpose to win. We're not purpose to lose. We're not purpose <laughs> to be defeated. We're not purpose to be broken, uh, living in the land of a spiritual hospital all the days of our lives. There might be moments of that. But we are purpose to win. But also there's a process that we have to rely on God. It's, there's a process that it's His way, it's His thinking. There are certain things and uh, timings of God and there's certain uh, uh, challenges and valleys that we have to go through. 
that while we're going through, we don't get it, but we lean on our understanding that it's by faith that we believe in God, that he takes us through the valleys because it actually births something within us that causes us in the next season outside of that valley to actually be able to win and to overcome things. And so again, we understand God's process is important. And let's now talk about promise. Everyone say promise. Promise. Let me read a couple of scriptures over you. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Isaiah 58, 11. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like a water garden, like the spring of water. His waters do not fail. So it's talking about the promises. We have a purpose. We're designed to win. We are called to win. We are called to be victorious. We are called to be go-getters. We're called to be people of dominion. We're called not to, to stay in a place of defeat. We're not called to live under a banner of loser. You might have moments when you feel like you're a loser. You might have seasons when you've experienced defeat. You may have emotions that sometimes feel like you're swimming in disappointment. But God says, you are purposed to win. You are purposed to win. So what that means is, if you can't live in defeat, you can't live in disappointment, even if you're experiencing it, you have to stay focused on, well, who are you purposed to be? Amen. Uh, what are you created for? You're created to win. And, and I want to share this personal thing with you. When I've had seasons when I've wanted to live this, but I haven't felt like I'm living it, or I haven't been able to feel like I, you know, I've had God speak to me, and he said, I have two words for you, so. And I said, God, what are those two words? And he said, listen to these two words, grab a hold of these two words, and let them run in your brain like a train that consistently just goes and goes and goes. I said, God, tell me the two words. What are the two words? And he says, here they are. Write them down. I said, God, tell me the two words. Okay, this is the two words. Get victory. Get victory. You know, when I have something that goes wrong, God's given me a strategy in my head to tell myself that I know it's come from God, and those two words are get victory. Even if it's a small thing. Let's say, um, you know, my car runs out of petrol, right? And in that moment, I'm going, oh, I'm a loser. Oh, I'm disorganized. Oh, why don't I don't know. The, the car not oh, oh. <laughs> You know those moments we've been saying, ah! How is this happening to me? No one here can relate, yes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? It's sometimes in those daily moments where you've got to train your identity and your brain to align. And the Lord's told me to, to say this to myself, Brad, get victory. Get victory. Find a way to get victory. That's how I've designed you. You're a person of victory. Get victory. And it doesn't mean it makes it completely easy, but I can tell you it's a big key. It's a big kingdom key. I want everyone to write those words down. Don't underestimate yeah, the power of understanding <laughs> that you have in building in you a script, that you have a a wiring that you have a design where you should be thinking, doesn't matter what setbacks come, you should be thinking, what's my purpose to get victory? Amen. I'm going to get victory. That's how I'm designed. Come on now. You better believe it. I'm passionate about this. Yeah. <laughs> right? Are we denying defeat? Are we denying difficulties? No. But when you look at it, get victory. If you're having difficulty with managing your finances and you think you spend too much and you always seem like you're struggling with finances, two words for you, get victory. Right? If you're struggling with that relationship, two words for it. Get victory. Get victory. Amen. Start with that. Start with how you look at it. Start with how you think about it. Get victory. 
because you're designed to get victory. That's your purpose. Now, the promise of that, the fruit of that, will manifest when you first start with that, that understanding of who are you. See, if you keep thinking if something goes wrong, whatever that is, whatever sphere of life, if something goes wrong, if it's a small thing or it's an ongoing thing, if you look at that and go, oh, yeah, the reality is this is how it's always going to be. Because I'm, you know, I'm just, I suck at this. I'm a failure, I'm a loser. I'm just going to sit here and drink up my thick shake of defeat. Right? Who knows, you're not going to get victory if that's how you see yourself purpose. See if, you see, if you see yourself wired, that you're wired, that you're designed for defeat. I know for me, my finances, you know, as a first Christian, I was thinking this. I am destined to always battle with finances. I'm destined to always be in debt. That's what I was thinking. So I thought my purpose was to always be in debt. Who knows that God has to change your identity? Yeah. Come on now. Uh, so purpose is important. Process is important, and promises are important. Okay, we're going to move on. Just in verse 18, say, Pastor Fred's going to move on. Pastor Fred's going to move on. I don't want to just saying thank goodness for that. <laughs> All right, next slide. <laughs> thank you, Brother Leroy. All right, let's drill into uh, purpose a little bit. Okay, so um, what I want to uh, understand here, a little bit on the purpose side, Number one, plan and dream as you were created to win. Okay, plan and dream as you were created to win, but also think you were created to win. Next one. Number two, process. Again, we're just unwrapping this a little bit more. God designed you to win, so let him be the architect of your life. Don't try to do it in your own strength. <coughs> Study what the process of God is. We're going to look at that in a moment. Number three, promise. Come to pass. So promises come to pass when you actually follow God's process. Okay, so if we reverse engineer that, if you're frustrated with some things, what you need to do is to take a step back and re-look at well, what part of God's process maybe have I followed, and let's 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 refocus there. Okay, next slide, sir. Okay, I am going to talk about God being an architect. Who here loves watching the renovation shows or anything about property improvement? Yep. Isn't that cool? Because it's like you see how bad it is, and then the next show it's amazing, and you get this instant gratification of. What transformation, the reward of transformation, right? But the reality is, is transformation takes a process, it's not instant, okay? And that's one of the things we have to understand with God. A lot of times why we don't follow God's process is because it's taking too long. Are we catching that? The reason why we sometimes skip out of God's process and we try to go into our own way and do it our way is because we think it's taking too long and we want more instant gratification of the promise manifesting. And so that's why I'm a big believer. Sometimes you've got to be willing to slow down in order to accelerate the result. You've got to be willing to take a step back and go, no, I've got to actually follow God's process. How do I follow God's process? I've got to first work out what actually is God's process in this situation. What does the Bible say? Because I know I'm purposed to have this promise. I know I'm purposed to win. I know I'm purposed to be fruitful. First of all, there's that identity piece. Because if I don't even think that, I'm not going to go any further through these three ingredients. So purpose is number one. But... When I now believe that I'm called to win, I'm called to get victory, I'm called to move forward in this, I'm called to see a promise of God manifest in my life, now I've got to get my head around, what's the process that God has to take me through? Another word for process is what are the principles that I need to be willing to align to, to follow, like a pathway, to walk down and flow with my God, to flow with His Word, to get in alignment with His Word, to get in alignment with His ways, not my ways, but His ways, and I'll be conformed to the way the world says and how to do it, but to do it God's way. 
When I'm willing to follow that pathway, then I'm going to be rewarded with the promise manifesting. And so if the promise isn't manifesting, we need to revisit the process. Sometimes if the promise isn't manifesting, you have to revisit, well, are you even believing that you're purpose for that? So it can be an identity issue. That's the first key to breaking through. Once you're breaking through there and you actually go, I, I am called to get victory. I am called to be fruitful. Now I've got to find out what's God's process, what's his principles, what does his word say of how this manifests, and I've got to make sure that I take ownership of flowing with that. It's not my strength, but I've got to partner. I've got to say partner, partner. with God's word. Amen. And then the promise will manifest. And so when we talk about the architect, I just want before we kind of drill into this grand design analogy, God's design, God is the architect of our life. And his process to manifest a promise is the blueprint. Like when you get a brand new TV and a remote control, right? You get a blueprint of instructions of how this thing is designed to work in order for it to operate effectively, to get the most out of it. You hearing me? So you know, sometimes when you get something that's new, um, you could be rather reading the instructions and so you just turn it on. I don't know if you've ever done this, but sometimes I've owned something for quite a long time and then I've ended up reading the instructions manual and realized there were so many things that are capable of happening that I didn't even realize because I wasn't willing to read the instructions manual, but I could have got a whole lot more out of features of this particular TV or features of this watch or features of this car that I didn't even realize I could utilize and benefit from because I wasn't willing or patient enough to actually just read the instructions manual. Do you know that spiritually there are so many benefits that you can tap into and so many promises that can more manifest around your life, but if we're not patient enough to be willing to get into God's Word and find out what His principles and process is of how we get the most out of our design, Amen. but yet we get frustrated because this thing, this, this life just isn't working. And like, this is kind of like a pretend TV here. We're like, the peach is not nice. My life doesn't look the way I want it to. Right? Like, where's the HD? Where's the high-definition image of my life? This is not a HD life right now. And we think the key is to kick the TV. Throw our frustration at our life. And we start talking about how our life sucks. This is a working problem. God's, God's, God doesn't really work. This isn't happening for me. But yet... We haven't actually opened the drawer up and because you know what? Let's be honest, this is not the most exciting thing to do, is it? To study God's word isn't the most exciting thing to do, I know, but yet it's one of the wisest things you can do. To work out how does this, how does this, this thing, me and my life, designed to work? Well, you need to go to your creator, Amen. who's written the instruction manual on your world and your life, to work out how do you most effectively operate, and to become more aware of the features that he's built within you. So you can pull on all of the resources to have the best high-definition result. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so, he is our architect. 
God's design, His process. In any construction project, there is a specific order in which you have to do things. Obviously, you don't just start by having the carpenter show up and start putting up the building. There has to be a foundation laid first. But you can't lay the foundation or start building until you have the detailed plan for the building. It takes contractors, carpenters, electricians, plumbers, pavers, and heating and air conditioning people. But first, first, you need the architect. Without his design, it would be mass confusion at the construction site. Maybe what you've been trying to build hasn't been going the way you hoped. Or the love and the happiness that you're planning isn't working out like it was supposed to. Maybe you've been able to build your life pretty much as you wanted. The building is up, but you're not, you're not satisfied living in it. There's restlessness, perhaps confusion, disappointment, and maybe loneliness. If your plans haven't worked, or if your plans haven't given you what you were looking for, it's time to go back and start with the architect. In the Word of God, in Psalm 100, verse 3, God says, Know that the Lord is God. It is He who has made us, and we are His. Amen. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. We are the creation of the Creator. And so it's critical that we hone in on how much do we understand God's process, God's principles, God's instruction, God's blueprint, God's design, so that when we're going after victory in our purpose, because that's what we're designed to do, we know the, the overall concept of to get victory. But we need to know more detail, which is boring sometimes to get our head around, but it's the patience, it's the perseverance, it's the discipline, come on now, of really getting our head around what's the process so that as we walk out that process and we follow the instructions, I'm going to mention that O word that a lot of Christians don't like to hear, obey. <laughs> when you obey the instructions, it works better. Do you know, a lot of Christians in church don't like to hear the word obedience. It's like, oh, that's Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, because the work of the cross, it's all about the grace. We don't talk about obedience. We don't talk about sin. That's Old Testament language. Turn the person next to you and say, that's a load of rot. A load of something. The beauty is, is that yes, everything is now covered by the grace of God. Amen. That's great. Because it means we get second chances, third chances. We can make a mistake and we don't have to live under that heaviness of shame. But wisdom would say, right, we need to understand God's process so we're not trying to worship our God and get really excited about all these promises we pray about and talk about and hear about and say amen about. And yet we're not willing to actually read the instruction manual to actually see those promises manifest. Everyone say, get wisdom. So why is our life, let me rephrase that, why is sometimes our Christian life, this supposed victorious Jesus life, turning out sometimes to be confusing and unfulfilled? Usually it's because we've tried to build our life, our Christian life, to build our walk with Jesus without actually properly acknowledging the instruction manual of the architect who gave us our life. 
Notice I've said acknowledging the instruction manual of the architect, not the architect himself, because I know, even in what it's great to acknowledge God and all of his wonder, the presence of God, the power of God, the spirit of God. When you're impacted by that, that's exciting. Everyone say encounter. Encounter. But many times I think the more we move forward in the future, one of the greatest challenges to the body of Christ is going to be making sure we have a balanced diet in our Christianity and that we don't become too addicted to the candy and ice donuts of the presence of God. Don't get me wrong, it's awesome. You need it. You've got to feed off it. Who knows that dessert makes life better? But the good hearty protein and Brussels sprouts on the Word of God may not necessarily always be the most enjoyable thing to feast off, but wisdom would say it makes your body more nutritious and therefore it makes your spiritual walk stronger, it makes it more powerful, and therefore you position yourself to actually see the promises of God manifest in your life. And so let's talk about here, Matthew, uh, sorry, Proverbs 16, 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. Commit to the Lord. Notice the word Lord. Lord. What does the word Lord mean? He's the boss. (laughs) He's the Lord of your life. He's not just the lover. He's not just the shepherd. He's not just the one who died for you. He's all of that. But he's also the chief general of your life. He is your leader. He is your Lord. That you will, when you see him face to face, you will bow down to him. You and you are called to follow him. Amen. Submit to him. Flow with him. Obey his commands. Obey his teachings. Obey his word. Follow, flow, walk with, run with, go with his process. And so let's talk about the grand design. I want to use this analogy here. So we talk about a grand design, a couple of things here. Because what I'm going to focus in on is four points to finish off around the amenities. But we're going with this whole analogy of a grand design architect. So when you think about building something, obviously today we're talking about building your life. Right? Designed to win. First of all, you're going to think about when I'm building something, right? We know that we've got to understand the plan, right? The instruction manual, the blueprint. But also when you actually go to build something, you have to look at the right position. Where what's the right position? Where's the land? Okay, that can fit this building on the plan. So spiritually, when we talk about position, right, in building a life. You need to know where are you positioned or where do you need to position yourself. Prophetically, it's saying, God, what do you have for me in this season? How are you positioning me? What is in this for me and you in this season? It's about discerning the timing of the season. What does God have for you? Everyone say position. Position. The second thing is the floor, the foundation. Okay? Good foundation. You can't walk straight and you can't walk solidly if you've got a wonky foundation. The Word of God for your life, designed to win, to see the promises of God and be manifest, following His process is the Word of God. 
the atmosphere in your life, the Holy Spirit, the atmosphere of this home that we're building, representing the analogy of your life, the Holy Spirit, the walls, right? Not just the outer walls, but the walls that create different rooms in your life. We call those boundaries. We call them godly boundaries. It's an absolute anchor to leading in, in your life wisdom, knowing who is God asking you to actually spend time with and who is God suggesting that you shouldn't spend time with? Who is God causing you to share intimate things about your life so you can be held accountable by like mentors or pastors? Who is it that you're called to be peers with? And who is it maybe that you're called to encourage that you wouldn't share the areas that you're struggling in because you're helping them? Who are some of the people in the world right now who you shouldn't be hanging out with because they're position to pull you away from the things of God. Boundaries. Everyone say boundaries. Boundaries. When you're married, having boundaries so you're not building intimate friendship with the opposite sex, with someone who's the opposite sex. Right? doesn't mean you can't speak to another female, but it's important. Like, when I travel, I would never have dinner by myself with another female. If I'm traveling by myself. It's just not good boundaries. Now, you know, when I get into some of these things, can I just share this with you? I find sometimes Christians are a bit funny these days. Because I find <laughs> they like to say yes and amen to the areas that they've got victory in already. But when you touch on something that the Word teaches, that they're battling in, oh, sometimes they look at you when you're preaching it like you're sucking on a lemon. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it easy to say yes and amen to the things you've already got victory in? Come on now. Amen. So if you're sitting here and I'm touching on a principle that maybe you're not aligned to, don't blame me. I'm not an author of the Bible. You can have that conversation with your God. Amen? I'm just preaching what he wrote. I'm just a vessel. Don't blame me. Amen? Amen. And so sometimes in this, you know, this attitude of, oh, you know, Grow up, it's 2020. Are we still teaching that in the church? Are we still teaching in the church? That you should have those types of... I mean, seriously, aren't we all mature now? Well, no, we're not. The Bible says, if you don't want to fall off the cliff, wisdom would say, don't go right on the edge of the cliff and go, oh, I don't want to fall, I don't want to fall. Oh, my God, I've fallen! Have boundaries. Have a buffer. And go... God doesn't want me to follow the cliff, so you know what? I'm not going to tempt fate. I'm not going to tempt my fall into temptation or my fall morally. Have boundaries. The roof is spiritual covering. This is another thing. Oh, are we still preaching that in 2020? Now, my spiritual covering is Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> my church is just worshiping Jesus Christ with my favorite beverage in hand. <laughs> And I'm having church myself. Well, if you study the instruction manual, the author of the instruction manual doesn't actually say that that's church. Church is designed to be in community where believers are together, doing life together, inviting God into influence and through teaching, through worship, but doing life together for good, healthy community encouragement and accountability purposes. So yes, there is a very real biblical principle called spiritual covering. But a lot of people go, oh, you're trying to just control me. Yeah. You're talking about spiritual covering because you just want me to do everything. 
saying? Well, actually, no. Good, healthy leadership is, I'm going to advise you what I think would be good for your life, but I can't force you to make that decision. But it's your choice to position yourself to receive advice. I won't give it unless you ask for it. That's embracing the principle of spiritual covering. Rooms. The different rooms in your house representing your life, the different roles and goals that you have. And who knows, sometimes there are some rooms in our house that are so clean, so sparkly, because other people come to visit those rooms. But that other room, can they <laughs> shut everything into it? Quick, someone's coming over! <laughs> <laughs> How I live. <laughs> so clean and crisp. No, don't go down that way. <laughs> so sometimes in Christendom we can have certain roles and goals that are flourishing, but there are others that are barren or not fruitful. And God wants to bring a balance to the fruitfulness of our life and seeing promises manifest in all the rooms and roles in our life. And so I want to touch on and finish on amenities. Because amenities is the plumbing, it's the electricity. Once everything's built, it makes everything flow and function. So we could do a sermon on all of these different ones, but to touch on these, I want to talk about the plumbing and electricity for you in God's architectural design for your life, because you're designed to win. And so there are four unchanging principles to God's process and design. And the law of grace covers all of these principles, but there are four. Everyone said unchanging. Unchanging. They're unchanging. And it's your responsibility to understand these four principles because it's part of when you flow with them, then your whole design actually works better. And so you actually become someone who is able to understand I'm designed to win. I'm going to follow. And these are not the only principles, but this is in relation to the analogy of the being in the humanities, creating the plumbing and the electricity of your life, <clears throat> spiritually, so you can see promises manifest. Alright, the first one, we can go there. Number one is sowing and reaping. Galatians 6, 7 to 8 says, do not be deceived. We haven't got the scripture there, I'm just going to read this over you. So if you want to make a note, this is Galatians 6, chapter 6, verses 7 to 8. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. So the architect of the, of the blueprint of your life, the architect who wrote the instruction manual for your life, called the Bible, cannot be mocked. Meaning, if you follow the instruction manual, you'll get the result the instruction manual says. His word does not return void. His word is true. If you follow it, you'll get a certain result. If you don't follow it, because you don't put enough reverence on the Word of God and how critical and important it is, then you won't get the result that maybe you're praying for and hoping for and talking to God about when you're worshiping Him. But if we don't put enough value on that, He won't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So planting a garden can be enjoyable, even predictable. If we plant tomato seeds, we expect to reap tomato seeds. 
God has designed that each seed sown into fertile soil should reproduce its own kind of sowing and reaping. Also applies in our own lives, our relationships with others, and our relationship with God. We can sow either positive or negative seed in every circumstance. Now, again, no one here, thank goodness, by God's grace, we can't be perfect. Okay, that's why God's grace covers all of this. But what we do need to know is that when we study the process of God, it's important for us to think about how do I go in following the principle of sowing and reaping? And we're not just talking about money here. We're talking about what words do you sow out of your mouth? Do you plan? What are you sowing? See, if you're frustrated with what you're reaping, then you're going to go back and think, well, do I have a revelation that I am called to sow certain seeds so I can reap? The hard thing about this message today, to be transparent with you, one of the hardest things about this message is because what it does is it holds a very sharp light on this truth. That you could know all this, but yet if you don't do it, it's a difference between knowing and wisdom, applying it. And what God's saying is process, right? That's why I use the word process, not plan for point two. Because the Bible isn't necessarily just God's plan for your life. It's God's process. There are principles that he wants you to implement. Everyone say implement. Implement. And so my strong encouragement to you this morning is in a healthy way, think about what's manifesting in your life, and now think about how am I flowing with these four principles, sowing and reaping. Number two is the law of multiplication. Mark 4.20 says this, Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. So as we sow and reap, God has designed us to be fruitful and to multiply whether it's more fruit, more children, finances, opportunity, growing in our identity in God. God is the God of multiplication. Do not mistake that. God is not the God of less. God is the God of more. He is the God of multiplication. And again, please don't be small-minded this morning and hear this just through the filter of finances. I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher. Do I believe in prosperity? Yes. Do I believe that God wants to prosper? Yes. But do I think that's the only thing that God wants in your life? No. Amen? Amen. My name is Brad Power, not Brad Money. (laughs) (laughs) So when I talk about multiplication, I'm talking about God is a God of dominion. He's designed you to take dominion. He's designed you to be faithful to the little. We know all the stories in the Bible, like the talents, what has he given you? What did you do with it? He's a God of multiplication. And again, this all links back to identity. So the three ingredients that I've talked about, we talk about purpose, process, promise. You can study God's process all your life, but if you don't actually embrace that what God's word says about you is true for you, you won't be able to manifest the promises consistently like you were designed to do. If you're a TV, you've got to believe you're a TV. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? You've got to believe that God has called you to be a sower so that you're called to reap. You've got to believe that God's called you to be a person of growth, of multiplication. 
You're called to be fruitful. And so if you're called to be fruitful, which you have to first believe, then you would then be hungry to work out, well, what's the process of principle to actually, what do I need to do? What do I need to implement? What's the instructions for me to actually birth multiplication to see the promises come forth? Number three. Is this okay so far? Because we're going to close in a couple minutes. Can I ask, ask uh, maybe just some of the instrumentalists to come as we prepare to close the service? Number three, time before harvest. Everyone say patience. Patience. Genesis 8.22 says, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer, winter, day and night, will never cease. So every type of seed takes time to bear fruit. A human pregnancy takes about nine months, while an elephant takes two years. God, your architect, your Lord, the author of the instruction manual of your life, God has ordained a rhythm. He's ordained a process. Is he a miracle working God where you can experience suddenly? Yes. But a lot of the time, it's not the suddenly, it's the process. It's not the microwave oven spiritual result. It's the nice stew that's simmering on the oven for hours. That's the key to actually waiting and seeing the manifestation of the promise of God because of what you've sown. You've got to understand it's not going to come straight away. And as we change our ungodly beliefs to the godly beliefs, we need to expect the passage of time before we see evidence of the new harvest. We've got to understand that that's God's process. Amen. Most things are not going to manifest straight away. Spiritual things. Some things will, but most things won't. It's His process. As good seed is planted, things in our life and our relationships will begin to change for good, but it's not going to happen necessarily straight away. That's why there's all those things in the Bible about perseverance and patience. Patience and faith work together like twins in partnership. And number four, believing in your heart. Mark 11, 23, 24. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, which is really an example of having authority and faith when you decree something that it shall happen. And does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Verse 24, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, he doesn't say, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, it will manifest in front of you straight away. doesn't say that. It says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. The Bible says, faith is evidence of things not yet seen. This is God's process. What we believe in our heart dramatically affects our life for good or for bad. Our belief system impacts our prayers and the answer to those prayers. In fact, the things we believe in our heart tend to come out of our mouth. And so restoring the foundations to identify ungodly beliefs that come up because of cynicism or hurt or disappointment or moments of defeat. It's a healthy thing for us to go, you know what, God? How did I get here? 
How do I get to a place where I'm so excited for the future? I'm so expectant. But bit by bit, bit by bit, I've come to a place where I've grown cynical and doubting. First of all, God would say to you, it's okay. Because you're a human being and a lot of times people's heart journey can actually become stuff like that. But today, God's saying, come back to understanding that you are designed to win. And there is a process. There's my instruction manual. There are my principles. I will not be mocked, he's saying. They are fruitful. Get your head around them. Use it as a way to evaluate where am I at, where am I not aligned. Humble yourself, bring realignment, and believe again for the promises to manifest. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this word this morning. I thank you, Father, that we've been sensitive to the Spirit of God that's been walking around this place, impacting our hearts, our minds, through the worship, through your word. Father, we pray this morning, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to know that we are designed to win. We have a purpose to get victory through you, Jesus, that we are called to follow your word, to follow your instructions, to follow your principles, to follow your process. And so it's our duty to to learn your word, to study it, to become a student of your word. So we're not ignorant of the instruction manual. So that God, we can position ourselves more consistently to see those promises that we're yearning for, that we were excited about, that we were expected about, to see those promises actually take root in our heart, take root in our life. So thank you, Father, for the plumbing that you've identified in this teaching today. Thank you, Lord, that there's amenities, there's plumbing, there's electricity in our design spiritually, Lord, that we're called to sow and reap. We're called to understand there is a law of multiplication that when we understand and we find out what are we called to sow, so we position ourselves, Lord, to multiply in our life, to seek growth, and Lord, to be patient and know there's a time before harvest, and to believe in our heart during that moment where we can't see the evidence, but to know that we're going to still stay in that place of faith, because faith is evidence. It's evidence of the promise before it manifests. That in our heart we go, God, you are going to bring this to pass. You are going to manifest this. I believe in my heart. Father, help us to refresh the plumbing, refresh the electricity circuit spiritually in our life right now, Father, so that we position ourselves in this new year, in this new decade, Lord, to win. In Jesus' mighty name, let this word bear fruit in our lives. Amen. 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 Let's give him some praise.